Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Everybody, in this episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show, we're going to break down Season 3, Episode 7, Welcome to the Jungle. Dave Child is a little sleepy, so we're going to talk really quiet for the next hour. Join us, won't you? Oh! You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Say it again. Hey everybody, welcome to the Legends of Tomorrow After Show. Of course, we're breaking out every episode of the CW Legends of Tomorrow series, airing Tuesday nights on CW. I'm one of your host, Frank Moran. Please, follow me. I implore you on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jack. Yes, and I'm Dave Child. You can find me at MRDaveChild at DaveChild.com because I am Dave Child. <laughs> I am, oh man, I am Lex Michael. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. And I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And of course, folks, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes, not just because you enjoy the show, but you want to make sure that Lex Michael stays alive. Mm-hmm. We were able to yeah. resurrect Dave Child yeah. from his absence last week. Sorry, everybody. I was having fun in Chicago, doing shows, eating sausages, eating some beef. <laughs> <laughs> eating some real good beef out there in Chicago. That's right. If you have any beef that you want Dave Child to eat, please make sure you tweet him or Instagram him. He'll come by to your local home and eat your beef. I mean, <laughs> I think it depends on the beef. You know... <laughs> Let's let's not give a blanket statement here. No, no, no. I, I'm just throwing it out there. Just any beef. Whatever beef you may have. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, and of course, folks, you can like the, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up while you're there. And Lucretia's got her computer up and running, which means our resident oracle's in the house. So please, feel free to chime in. Talk about your beef. That's right. Talk about your beef. Yeah. Talk about anything you liked about Legends of Tomorrow, this episode in particular, or the series in general. Or just tell yeah. Dave where you live. That's yeah. right. Yep. <laughs> just Get tell me where you live. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Macintosh Harrington wants to know, David's not allowed to have fun without us. No. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. That's he wants I'm to sorry, know. everybody. Yeah. You know, I, I, that doesn't sound very sincere. I'm so sorry. Next time you all come to Chicago with me. Mm. I don't think you missed us once while you were eating that beef. I missed you at least once. <laughs> mm. At least yeah. once. Mm. Yeah, I have to read this now. Nate Milton um, says, clean-shaven teen heartthrob Dave Child with a shout-out to David Cassidy. R.I.P. Mm. Mm. R.I.P. Yes, uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Yeah. David Cassidy, father of Katie Cassidy, our beloved, uh, one of the other characters on Arrow, has passed away. So mm-hmm. there you go. Lex, I know. Wants to uh, take a few minutes right now to share his thoughts about Mr. David Cassidy. Yes, of course. I don't know that I have a few minutes worth of thoughts, other than obviously the Partridge family, pretty pretty massive staple in popular culture That's over true. multiple generations. Uh-huh. No, of course, big loss, big loss for music, big loss for entertainment. There you go. That was not a couple of minutes, but I believed. But I believed it. Felt. If yeah. you if you have you have a lot of feelings, and yeah. sometimes they don't come out 
<laughs> it's okay to it's express yourself. Okay. There, yeah. the, the waters run deep. Yeah. It's more, yeah, yeah. It's we all have issues. Like yeah. McRory, this episode, just learning to be able to kind of get in touch with his feelings and learning to express them. He also hey. got to punch his dad. That's true. Like yeah. that's so cool. I will say, like that he felt like, and he was like, always wanted to do that. Like I, I did hate that they always tend to have this. It's like sometimes your dad is just a piece of crap, guys. I don't like it on shows where they always try to wrap it up where, like, maybe he wasn't always... No, sometimes. I actually thought that was the best part of the episode, yeah. was that the relationship with his dad and the the conversation he kind of had. Because it didn't end with yeah. him. I like how I had that moment where he was about to impart some sort of wisdom and lesson in order for him to kind of change his ways of being a dad, but he just kind of let it go was like, nah, he's just the dad he is. Yeah, and that's why I liked it. At the very end, it was like, yep, just whacked him out. But, you know. I also feel like it's pretty brutal, though, because now, if anything, the person who's scarred most from this is is probably Rory himself, because now he always had, like, well, my dad was always an ass, so it's okay that I burned him alive. (laughs) Yeah. And now that he says, like, oh, he's actually a complex person with good parts and bad parts, and he was a human, too. Oh, and still burned no. him alive. Oh, yeah. I burned him alive. Ooh, so I feel kind of bad for him. Yeah. No, it was an interesting episode in that respect. Yeah. A yeah. lot of the gravity of it was offset for me by the fact that Mick Rory's father is named Dick Rory. Yeah, yeah I liked that. <laughs> and the voice, uh, the gruff. <laughs> really uh, Dick Rory. Yeah, yeah, and of course, yeah. grandfather Rick Rory. <laughs> yeah, that that's voice. right. Yep. I feel like sometimes. They, the show casts people that try to do a voice, and they just they, they just can't do it. Yeah. And it just feels like it felt so unnatural. It just felt like I wanted to give that actor a hot tea and and honey after every single scene because <laughs> it just sounded like he was just talking like this as much as he can. Like, like he was doing get, a Batman voice. Yeah, well, he, he's just really like really straining, and it just didn't sound natural. It didn't sound like a real voice. Yeah, it's yeah. It sounded like a guy doing a voice. It did. It just it, it never felt like oh yeah, I'm really seeing uh, Dick Rory, yeah, the fully fleshed out character. Like yep, no. There was one scene where it did work, and it was when he was talking to to Mick, and they were talking about the picture and looking back, uh, at it back and forth. I think because he didn't, he wasn't yelling. It yeah. ended up feeling more subtle, and it had more a better feeling to it. But every other scene, he's mostly barking orders. And yelling something, so it comes out and it's like, oh, it's I did not know he was from New Orleans. Yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we start this episode back in 1967 Vietnam, where we get to see some soldiers killed by some off-scene creature, off-screen creature that we don't get to see. Yeah. Uh, and then we jump over to uh, the Wave Rider, where we get to see Martin Stein tapping in to some of his old alias shenanigans. Using those uh, dual right. batons there. Yeah, just it was going to town on the dummy, yes. I loved him at Alias. Yeah. It was a great I show. I don't think I show. ever saw Alias. Oh, it's what? worth a watch. Yeah. I became aware of it passingly because it was such a big deal while it was on, but I never caught it. Yeah. Bradley, Bradley Cooper, Cooper was on was Alias in for a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. like her sidekick, kind of. Yeah, no. it's worth a watch. It's it's really good. It yeah, and Victor Garber is. Bourdain, Bradley Cooper days. That's pretty good. As you would expect, he's great in that series, so... Yes, and then he uh, he decided to later. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but he just pulled a he just pulled on a full on Bill and Ted, didn't he? <laughs> yes. Oh, with like Isaac <laughs> Newton yeah. and Galileo. Yep. Yeah, hanging out just, with him. He went full Bill and Ted with that, where he's just like, I'm gonna 
get some important figures from the past and have them figure out a problem. But I guess it's like now that they've introduced this device where they can wipe the memories of whatever historical figure they end up bumping into, now there's almost no reason they can't do that every week if they so desire. Yeah, and that does lead to more kind of uh, time travel shenanigans that I kind of like. But it's still super. I, like, pretty it's much not every- as good as like the the Council of Wells on the Flash, but I did like yeah. it. Yeah, like oh. like Stein has been probably the most uh, egregious user of the jump ship <laughs> for his own right. whatever yeah. I want to do. I'm just using this is like my own personal jump ship, and I'll just go anywhere in time, whether it's to see my my daughter, my grandson. Or to I'm go get these historical <laughs> yes. figures, the biggest names in scientific history. That's right. Yeah. It's important. But also, I feel like those are the guys you chose to bring onto a spaceship yeah. and talk about something. Also, don't go anywhere near Marie, uh, Madame, Madame Curie. Madame Curie. Yeah. She is so radioactive. <laughs> She's just like going anywhere near her. Means you probably have a little bit of cancer. Yeah, uh, Stein, Stein gets cancer. It's the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's why he's not that's on the show anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, hey, you opened it up. I just had to yes and it. I'm he sorry. hugged Madame Curry. Yeah. It was a bit too long but to say yeah. goodbye. I also wonder, too, like why he only picked that small group of those thinkers. I get his uh, his fandom, right? Would would be like those right. would be like his rock stars. But why, if you could go to any point in the timeline, wouldn't you go to the future to get scientists that maybe could wrap their heads around like the most basic element of the tech that they have to work and like, with? Like yeah, maybe yeah. Elon Musk, you know? Like we need no some Einstein. Of there is guys. Yeah. Hawking, Einstein. Yeah. Come on, get get people that are at least know. Okay, I recognize what what electricity and nuclear yeah. power is. I think if you get like Isaac Newton, he's still going to be, okay, but let's talk about God. You know? Yeah. Still oh, be... Even if he wasn't, wouldn't these people all be horrified? Yeah, they're just spending the entire time being like, what is it? <laughs> like their brains probably because it is so far removed from anything they have the slightest frame of reference for. They would probably be in the corner trying to collect themselves. Uh, yeah. Pecan pie is universal though. So it that is timeless. Is true. That's your connected them back to their reality a little bit. Right. And not only is the pecan pie eaten, but it's now very radioactive <laughs> <laughs> because Madame Curry was eating it. Yep. That's oh, true. Man, do and not do not radioactive my mom's pecan pie. <laughs> that Are was they, the cut line from oh, Jax. Because yeah. they're because they're nuclear powered, is there any level of immunity to radiation as a result of that? Oh, that's true, actually. I think Individually, I wonder. I mean, together, yes. But even if both of them are immune to radiation, she's still hanging out on the ship. Yeah, Yeah. it's still poisoning every every single person. And she probably, she doesn't know what she's dealing with. She probably has, like, some isotopes on her just hanging out in her pocket. Do you know who I bet is not (laughs) impervious? (laughs) Do you know who I bet is not impervious to radiation is Isaac Newton? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just killed all of the right. great scientists. Like, they wiped eyes. his memory, but put him back in the timeline heavily irradiated. <laughs> heavily irradiated. <laughs> full of cancer. Uh, Macintosh Harrington brings up a good point in the chat. Does Jax's mom send him, like, a care package with that pie? Is that why? I was yeah, that's sweet. My, my guess was when oh. he got back on the ship, he brought one whole pie, pie. with him. Maybe yeah. a couple of pies. Just rationing it out. That's yeah, it. and he's been like, this is my last piece of pie. Finally, I got to, why are my hands glowing? Why is the pie glowing? Oh, no. We've been Madam Curried. I mean, I guess when you're on a ship with Mick, I guess you have to label your food, because there's just, otherwise, 
Hey, but is Mick really paying attention no, to that courtesy? No. If he wants any of that pecan pie, he's going to... He's, he's going to eat it. No, yeah. he'd look at the container, he'd see Jax, he'd go, I know him, and he would just <laughs> eat yeah. it. Yeah. He's like... That's a words. Those are words. Yum, 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 uh, we also like see the <laughs> <laughs> more of an animal. Yeah. I think, yeah. Is, yeah. I think uh, Rory is more of the animal of the uh, of the electric yeah, like that is yeah. just throws <laughs> it at his mouth. <laughs> is flying everywhere. He's not actually eating any of it. Yeah. Well, I was like, electric mayhem. I'm sorry. The electric. Yeah. Mayhem. I was like ec- electric. <laughs> not boogaloo. That's part of my car's name. That's breaking no. too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is. <laughs> so we get to see Amaya's big journey. This episode is she first. She wants to start off, and she sees Kawasa again. Regardless of yeah. the fact that she's her granddaughter, she will take her out. And we get to see over the course of the episode that, no, she learns to soften her stance because nobody's created a monster. You're sometimes just made into one. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Grodd. No. That's right. Grodd. I, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like that was, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a forced arc, but I think it's still a, a good one. It wasn't too I mean, bad. It's a good one episode kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and probably given as much attention as it probably warranted. It also probably, yes, I think so. And I, because I think there is, there would be a problem if you found out and one, a future ancestor of yours, a future kid of yours, relative of yours is like evil of some sort. It does take a little bit of a, you know. Adjustment, adjustment. Yeah, I, but things. I find like it's an it's an easier struggle to overcome as opposed to going back and finding out. Oh my gosh, my my dad was some evil maniacal person. My grandfather, and yeah. I really should stop him. But then of course that eliminates me from the timeline. I feel it's easier the other way around. It's like it's my granddaughter, but not yeah. but not morally because if it's your granddaughter, then that means you, you probably messed up somewhere. Right, in it some way you dad, may be you responsible. You right. made yeah. this monster, Ooh. and now I'm cleaning it up. You're so happy. You're thrilled if you found hey, out Josie, your granddaughter was. Yes. If you do anything. That's right. I gotta close this off now. You gotta close. Oh, yeah. Time to clean this up. <laughs> yeah. Ah, thank you. Such well, a good kinda, granddad. Kinda That's like right. Rocket Raccoon there a little bit with the, the story, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, just went a different direction. So uh, <laughs> one thing, because I know uh, Dave Child wasn't here last episode, yes. but the big thrust of that for Zari was finding out a way for her to hack time. Since we kind of see that she's a resident hacker, her ability seems like she's be able to take these anachronisms, put them back in, in the general time period, but not the general time location. Right. So that way they can continue to live their lives and not have, have an area ripple. Uh, time hack, an area ripple. Yes. Mm. Do you, okay. Well, I'm sorry. Do you know what I got a little bit stuck on in this episode? And I, I just got hung up on it, and then we, we kept going, and we're in Vietnam with Grodd, and I forget about it. Yeah. But so uh, at the end of last episode, we saw Zari drop Helen of Troy off in Themyscira because mm-hmm. she could do so without disrupting the timeline. Now, Zari, the newest member of the team, has taken it upon herself to extend this same invitation to every third person they meet. Yeah. Yes. That's sort of like, oh, yeah, we could just take you somewhere else. Right. And, like, like, don't get me wrong. I love Zari. I'm glad she's here. You're taking on a lot of – you're you're presuming a lot, offering that to everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Also, Grodd is like, don't take him. Why don't we take you to the beginning of time? Mm. Yeah, yeah. He's going to like try to evolve everything so it doesn't. He'll try to kill off anything that resembles a human. Well, that's how you yeah. come back to 2017 and you see the Grodd head on the Lincoln Memorial. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. That's the best of the apes. Yeah, it's not yep. even the good planet of the yeah. apes. I do like how finally we get to kind of my favorite part about Grodd from the comics that we never really talk about in the shows but Legends of Tomorrow is where I feel like you could really bring up the idea that he just wants to turn everyone into apes. 
Like, that's mm. always been a Grodd thing. He just wants everyone to be an ape like him. So it's kind of nice to kind of nod towards that, at least in the yeah. silly legends. Because I guess I'm kind of getting a little, uh, I mean, so far where anytime he's interacted with humans, he's always gotten burned by it. And so he's always like, uh, now nah, I don't trust you. Wait, oh, maybe you're okay? Ah, no, I'll dare you. I've been fooled again. So I feel like I'm kind of tired of the trope of like Grodd angry, then maybe a little trusting, and then gets burned. But I also, I like the idea for him, and I like, I totally buy that he would be inclined to go for the idea of ending up at the beginning of time where there are no people because of exactly what you said. Every time he's interacted with people and he wants to trust, he ends up being burned by it. I totally buy that his happiest life, his best life might be living in an era where people just aren't at all. Yeah, and at least the the period of time that you described of, oh, maybe I'll go with it, was like so short in this one. So I think normally that time, that period of time is maybe like, oh, okay, I'll I'll go along with you, I'll make some plans, and then gets turned. Yeah. So this what this is at least I always like Grodd. I, I think when Grodd comes up, I'm like I'm I think it's gonna be a pretty good episode. Because Grodd is just like full on comic book villain and they're really the only way they hold back is just on the special effects of actually having him in the room. But besides that, they kind of they go full on with him and I kinda like him better. But I will say yep. I feel like as the as technology's advanced, visual effects Every time we've seen Grodd, it's gotten a little bit better. Yeah, he's gotten yeah. a little better. Yeah. It's been good. One thing that I liked from this show, until they mentioned it out loud, was the path they took from Predator to uh, Apocalypse Now. now. <laughs> I thought that was cool. And yeah. I noticed it. And I, and I even wrote down, oh, Predator. Oh, now it's Apocalypse Now. Until Nate says... This story just went from predators to, to apocalypse now. now. Yep. You don't have to say it out loud, guys. We all got it. Uh, yep. I did hate that there were no full metal jacket references. Yeah, That's well. my favorite Vietnam movie. If you were going to do it, if you were going to lampshade it, I feel like you could have leaned even... <laughs> the most fun one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't get off of that. I'm like, because my favorite like, Vietnam oh, movie. Oh, I can't believe they didn't reference the one where the guy blew his head off. Oh. <laughs> Oh. Hey, I, I did say that Billy movie. Zane was my favorite Titanic character. Obviously, I've got a warped sense of humor. Here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I wanted what I wanted was a full on. And sorry, Lex, I cut you off. That's all right. <laughs> like, I wanted a full on. Uh, Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah. I wanted him to come out of the water and just be like, Hello, so I am. <laughs> I mean, he was going full on Kurtz there. Well, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Is if you were going to lampshade the Apocalypse Now thing directly twice, actually, oh. I think, why not completely lean into it? Why not yes. really, especially like you say, on a show that lends itself to the silliest possible tone without breaking the show, why didn't we go full, full, full Apocalypse Now and do like a gratis Kurtz? Yeah, I think they should have oh, done yeah. it. I think they should have been like, he should have been more on a throne. He was just kind of in a dark <laughs> room. I think they could have had more fun with the production design there. But, like, I, yeah. And also, don't say full-on Kurtz and then say, it's a movie reference. We know it's a movie reference. (laughs) And if we don't, we won't think about it too much. We'll just move on to the next thing. And then, like, he said it's to to Amaya, right? I believe, probably, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. one, One of the, okay, but... Even Zari, who's the newest member of the team, has been around Nate enough to know by now, I would think, that if he says something that they don't understand right, he's probably referencing a movie that he likes. And she knows that. Like, Renji90998, I love you. They drew flesh blood. Thank you. 
Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you uh, go. No Rambo references. Yeah, I know. So, of course, we found a Grazzi anachronism back in 67. And mm-hmm. as they go back to try to stop him, they also come across Mick's father as well. We talked a little bit about Dick Rory. Yeah. And it's, oh, uh, Dick. It's uh, Evan, I think his name is Evan Jones. It's the actor that I first remember seeing in 8 Mile. He's uh, <laughs> Cheddar Bob. <laughs> He's the one who sh- accidentally shoots himself I in the groin. That's funny like, that it's one mile because at, at one point in this in this show they said we only get one shot, and I immediately thought like the move it, the move it, never let it go. He's in that. Was that a <laughs> data was a specific dot? But this show's full of that. Like yeah. who know who knew that uh, Rory was Dracula and Blade Three? Yeah, I know. We I didn't was like, what? That's right. I completely forgot that about that during that episode. But yeah, yeah and somebody then we pointed got that out. Someone tweeted at us like, "Why didn't you notice it was Blade Three? And I'm like, "I, I only saw the Blade first two. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah third one's. It's a rough one. Yeah, it's yeah. just funny. That, that was apparently like the set where somebody introduced Ryan Reynolds to Deadpool comics, though. Oh. So we got that out of it. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Uh, well, well, one thing they do bring up over the course of the episode, though, is that it's been interesting since this season that we're meeting a lot of people related to the actual legends, whether it be yes. Stein's great-great-great-great-grandfather. It's a younger version of Ray. Uh, it's, it's Rory's dad. So kind of leading us to, like, is this going to be a season where we're going to see a lot more of these kind of... Uh, kind of tie-ins with a lot of other descendants or ancestors. I believe they also have a moment where they say, this can't be a coincidence. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of nodding towards that, which is nice because it is, it does seem like they're, you know, picking these moments at random, yet they seem to be very... Well, like they, right, they moments. literally are picking moments at random. As in the beginning of this episode, Jax was like, we're going to leave it to chance and my index finger. And they, they do like well, the electronic version of spinning the globe, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I would, I would buy into that more if, because I feel like, like with Ray and with Mick, we certainly get a little bit more in depth about a younger version of Ray, Mick's dad. But with Stein and his, his descendant we, or his ancestor, we never really got much into him mm-hmm. at all. You know, that was yeah. maybe a bit of retconning because I bet they were like, oh, we forgot to put a, we forgot to put someone in this episode. <laughs> let's uh, make let's it, add this. That explains why there's a Stein descendant in the episode at all because it did feel weird where it's like, why didn't, why is he there? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but it's because they're tying it into each episode. So I guess it was a good first one because you're like, oh, that's weird, but you don't really overthink it. You don't think, oh, every episode's going to be tied to, like, who they are in the past until we're at this episode. I kind of wonder, but then it also brings up a lot of iffy history about Jax and, Je- you know, I mean, his last name is Jefferson. I'd be curious if they would go into a lot of that. Like, well, I mean, like we had already gone into that time, but it's like... Oh, that'd be interesting if they went there, but yeah. you know, it, it brings like up a weird. It's like a key and sketch. Yeah, exactly. Ancestry dot com, and everyone yeah. is mentioning. <laughs> yeah, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson seems yeah. to come up a lot. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Anyways, watch, yeah. look up that. Look yeah, up that key and peel sketch. <laughs> The one thing I say is uh, they start investigating. We got Amaya, Zara, and Ray, and they're going to one of the. Uh, they're just walking around a camp trying to talk to one of the sole survivors from one of the attacks. That uh, Zara, I, I say she really uh, kind of leads the uh, leads kind of leads the away team pretty much in this. Kind of sees somebody that's yeah. been watching them. On Lee, kind of talks to her. I kind of like the way that kind of Zara is just kind of uh, very forward in terms of her approach with the legends. Yeah, I, I like I like this actress a lot. Yeah, I feel like she 
she brings a very grounded presence to to the whole team. That's something we don't tend to see. Well, and what I like about her is because we know she's from the future, it makes a lot of sense that all this stuff is she's just like, yeah, whatever. I like her attitude about, yeah. you know, how most everybody else is usually from the past or something. They're very wondered right. at what's going so around. Like, she's what a little is like, this? Uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but too, it's like it, it does. It's there's something to be said for the fact that uh, she can show up onto the show that already has so many characters and so many moving parts, and it feels like she brought an element that we were somehow missing, even yeah. with so many characters to focus on week to week. Yeah, because there's something to be said, even though I guess it's more of a uh, dystopian kind of future that she comes from. Still, even if you took like one of us back to like you know ninety, you know the '90s or you know mid '80s, where it's like. Uh-huh. Technology that we become so used to, just our cell phones and stuff. Now we're just like robbed with that, and we're just we're stranded there for. Oh, if you went to the eighteen hundreds, they'd burn you alive if they saw it. Yeah, yeah. But even just be kind of irritated, by like, man, this is this is lame. Why am I back here? I can't. I just can't wait in lines and just stare (laughs) off into the distance. Then you'd have you'd have to be really careful because I feel like the temptation, if you didn't know time travel rules, would be to be like, all right, let me figure out how I can explain this technology to somebody else, patent it first, and be grotesquely wealthy. But if you do that then say like Steve Jobs and Apple don't create the iPhone and so that never exists for you to rip it off in the first place and then you just float screaming through the void of time forever. That's why my only time travel plan is to get very vintage comic books, put them in a bank that I know will exist (laughs) and then later take out those vintage comic books and sell them for a lot of money. That's my plan. Future Man, they do the Apple bit. Um... So if you guys haven't watched that, oh. you'll see some some. It is a fun show, guys. I hear Hulu. good things about it. Yeah, very good I, I really enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, when we do find, uh, we come across uh, Rory's dad. We get back to the old code names, yeah. tied in with uh, like good old pop culture uh, code names to throw them off the trail. So we get Mick is described as Officer Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because Predator. Yeah, we got and I liked yeah. I liked the Schwarzenegger thing because like oh cool. We had a Predator reference. Now he's Schwarzenegger. Until Nate says, (laughs) (laughs) that we're doing Predator. Did anyone say mention E.T. in the E.T. episode? I don't think they called it out specifically, but we did have the Amblin logo in the episode. Right, right. That is true. But also, I prefer 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 that that, cute, winky, too. And saying, hey, this is just like the movie E.T. Right. (laughs) Uh, we also have Jax's episode wanting to go help out the legends, but without the use of the Firestorm Matrix. Right. Which I like, liked. Yeah. Just like, hey, i got to be able to stand on my own because I'm, I'm not going to have you. Yeah, so he was real badass, and I felt like they did a good job. I, I love how they put it in. I, I feel like they purposely were like, okay, we got to put the president in danger because it's a good one that everyone knows they need to save. Mm-hmm. Prosthetic nose president. Yeah. Oh. By the way, I think that guy was doing Brian Cranston as LBJ. <laughs> LBJ. Rather yes. than just a straight LBJ. Yeah. I felt like it was a heavy Brian Cranston impression. But uh, I also love how they're like, okay, Vietnam, what time period are we setting this in? Because it could be in the 70s and have, and have it be Nixon or we could do LBJ. They're like, well, he has to save a president. So let's have it be save <laughs> I don't think anyone's yeah. like, oh, he's got to save Nixon. Yeah. I weirdly feel like if they're going to do Nixon, they're going to do a Nixon episode. Like he's oh, going to yeah. he's going to yeah. figure into the the plot more than just a scene or two. But I would be surprised if Nixon is seen as a good guy cuz he I, tends yeah. to be history has not been very kind with Nixon. New. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Also, LBJ by the way, I did like how he had these weird humperdoodle like <laughs> like weird yeah. uh Exclamation! It's like, oh, be yeah. a doggone humdinger <laughs> yeah. or whatever humdinger. it is. 
I like that a lot because in reality, LBJ was the foulest mouth yes. president that we've ever had. That's about getting measured for pants. That's yeah. always uh, if you ever find that audio, that's great. Oof, yeah. <laughs> yes. He's like, and he swears up a storm. So the humdinger stuff I kind of liked because they were like, this is how he has to talk on network TV. Would you rather just had a bunch of just bleeping it out? Just have him just... It would have been funny. It turns out someone's doing Morse code in the back. And yeah. just, oh. uh, ju- jumping back real quick to uh, Jackson Stein, they did, and they didn't really labor it, but they very quickly addressed something that we were speculating about either last week or the week before, this idea of if they separate, is Jax going to need a new partner? Or is he going to be flying solo, as it were? And Stein had a line tonight where he confirmed the intention seems to be yeah. for Jax to be a solo act. Yeah. I mean, given certainly the budgetary constrictions of a show like this, I can understand why it's always great to have it just instead of two characters down to one. But as a lover of the original conceit of Firestorm, it's kind of a bummer because I always just like the idea of pairing somebody. But easier to do in a comic. Well, and it's also, it's tough right. too because we just introduced another new character in the form of Zari who I think is, is a really excellent addition to the team. I don't think we need to introduce yet another major player to that dynamic immediately. Yeah. And, and I feel like with Firestorm that it's become where when we had to replace Ronnie with Jax, I feel like we don't need another, you know, person to add because we already had that dynamic sort of have to change and we've already seen that story. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be curious to see what they do because I was thinking, I was wondering if it's going to be like a Stein descendant or something. Like, it could be that baby. Could be the one that... <laughs> Just when he goes into battle, he's have to grab a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a baby that gets super-powered. Can you just do it like, just do it like he shoves it into his chest? Like the all <laughs> spark? Yes. yes. <laughs> and then, like, the psychic connection is just like... Man, this baby poops a lot, you know, or things yeah. like that. Uh, it's like, that's yeah, all that's babies right. think. I'm hungry. It just starts crying. Yeah. No, I was thinking it would be a grown up version of that. I like the baby version. Yeah. The baby yeah. was funnier. <laughs> My diaper needs to be changed, guys. <laughs> oh, I've been sitting in poop. <laughs> and like Jax is always like you need to change the baby he just comes out like cause he has a psychic connection he right. knows and then zap to commercial yeah <laughs> uh, this show gets so uh, let's dig into a little bit about we have, we have Nate and then we have uh, Mick and his dad yeah. so Nate is all about like hey some tough love and I do like that we just get a little turn in it. it's like hey no it's not I actually watched my, my dad burn to death <laughs> so uh, I'm actually cool with yeah. killing my dad yeah, yes Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. that darkness that's yeah. in him. And I, I like touching upon that and and also leaving him with even it's even now even darker. And I feel like that's yeah. explains even more of his alcoholism. Yeah, because I find it's like it's a fine line with Mick and even like to an extent with Snart, but I think he has a little bit more flexibility in terms of where you can take his character. But Mick is somebody that you can't completely like Oh, he's just a really good guy now. You know, you can't have that because part of the charm is kind of his unrepentant nature. But you also do want to show a little bit of humanity. You can't have him be on here this whole time without having some cracks of humanity kind of slide into him. Right. It's it's tough, and this happens in a lot of comic book stories where you see, like, the, one of the tropiest comic book tropes, right? And we see it now. We're seeing it in the movies and the TV shows a whole bunch, too. Is like a villainous character known for doing the most heinous, dastardly, evil things. You want to keep them around, so eventually their allegiances might change. They end up straddling that line a little bit, and a lot of them end up becoming like weird anti-hero characters. And every so often, you have to remind yourself things like, "Oh yeah, but he also killed his dad, like yeah. just to do it." Yeah. Or like in certain cases, like like Loki in the Marvel movies is basically like a rock star anti-hero character. Now he might as well be another Avenger, despite 
being super duper murdery. Like right. just like, having killed their friend, Phil Coulson. Uh, they're just like, yeah, no, we're cool he, now. He's on a TV show now, so it's like, That's hey. true. They don't know that he's on a TV yeah. show. They, you know. So, right? Like, same basic principle applies. So it's interesting to watch how different storytellers attempt to walk that line between wanting it to be clear why the characters are in league with whoever this person is, but also not letting you forget why this was, like, a tenuous relationship to begin with. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, so then we have uh, Mick and uh, his dad talking. And, uh, I mean, other than, certainly, the, the vocal quality aside. Just a lot of this. Yes. <laughs> do, do we, did you enjoy the conversation, though, just about talking about, certainly, this is the list of all the men that's died under my watch. Yeah, well, it kind of showed, because I think um, it, humanized, it humanized the dad, and it kind of showed maybe what, what he brought back from the war to his, to his family and why he was not such a great dad, because he still had the war in his head. And it was, uh, and I, I think it kind of showed where it came from, and so I, I think that humanization was important for Rory, and it was kind of, it was a nice little. It action. was, it was a really good way to give give him some character growth to experience a moment of profound realization that also didn't it felt organic, like it didn't feel like like an exposition drop just for the sake of an exposition drop. It actually felt like a natural moment that, yeah, really informed the rest of the episode for him in this yeah. this new place that he arrives at. Yeah, and what I like is it was a good character development, but it also didn't so much change Mick's opinion of his father. He, you know, understood a little bit why his dad was that way, but he still punched him in the face at the end. Because, yeah. you know, and ultimately he still made a choice to be that guy. And it did make that yeah. turn interesting, because I think that's no. a turn we kind of see a lot, but I did feel like all the other legends were kind of dumb when they were... <laughs> when, when everyone started turning, they just went against oh. these guys, and I felt like Mick had a much better strategy of actually being on their side and then being able to get the jump on his dad, and or trying to convince him from being on his side. It felt like more like a strategy that was... We could maybe see as an audience, oh, maybe he just has dad eyes now. His, his eyes are just all full of dad. And he's just kind of um, moving along like that. But really, I think it was strategy when he kind of turned on him. Well, cause I, the thing I like about it is that even though they have that discussion and he does thank him for kind of bringing him back from the edge, it's 67. There's several more years of the war. And yeah. who knows mm-hmm. what else his dad had got involved in. So I feel like even though they have this little moment, I'm sure his father did many other things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It just it didn't change anything. It just explained those things, yeah. it, it, which I liked. I liked that he didn't just fix his dad because yeah. it's not. It can't it, be that. Simple. That's so easy, and and yeah. it doesn't really show anything to me. Yeah, yeah. Would I you really, like it if you were looking at the scars would have disappeared. Oh, oh. I hated that. <laughs> I hated it. And then he's all of a sudden like. I beat tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I like the implication that fascination with flamethrowers is passed genetically. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Because the first time we see Dick Rory, he's wielded in a more rudimentary flamethrower as well. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, that it's was like, cool. I, I, unless he's because he, he wasn't really that communicative with Rory as a child, so I don't know if he's like, yeah, he's a flamethrower. Oh, he had like, a framed <laughs> photo of it <laughs> on the it. mantle. You know what's really cool, son. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> I love fire. I only respect people that play with fire. You so. know, that had to be part of his upbringing. I mean, that's what shaped him as, you know, to become Heat Wave. Sure. It's like sure. the bats with Batman and all these, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, it, that, yeah, you know, Thomas Wayne was like, Always hey, play, play with, with bats. bats. <laughs> yep. You know, son, you know what I like? A good bat. <laughs> I love how they hang that? upside down. What is he doing to the bat? The bat's <laughs> hanging upside down. He's panning the bat's head. Uh, <laughs> it's it's, it's like up that. to chance in my index well, finger. You can't do this with a bat. <laughs> you can't do this with a bat. <laughs> Some weird pantomime. <laughs> for those of you who are on audio, what you're talking about a bat, everyone. Uh, hashtag <laughs> chance in my index finger. So, uh, uh, Amaya, Zari, and Ray, they kind of let slip that, hey, you know, we're, we're not just that trying to get you, uh, save you and get you home, Grad. We also have a time machine. And uh, after Amaya tries to bond with them. Would you like a ride? Yes, yeah, like a ride, but they get to go. You know, it's always good when meeting a megalomaniac ape to tell him you have a time machine. Because <laughs> yeah. he'll never try to abuse that. No, not at all. No. Uh, so we have him attacking the Wave Rider. Yeah, that and, was cool. Uh, yeah, I like that. That was a cool sequence. But also, like, Stan, like, shakes him off and throws him into Napalm. I guess not so much concerned at that moment. Like, hey, this is an anachronism we should take elsewhere. Let's just kill him. Because, I mean, Stan was like, for all he, all he knows, like, yeah, yeah, Grod's dead. I threw him into Napalm, guys. I think he was more worried about, like, the only thing I could do is to escape... And also he wanted to, like, you know, because he also had a Grodd-controlled Sarah, which I thought was a good idea. I kind of like yeah. the fact that Sarah was out of commission this whole episode, but then comes back controlled by Grodd and is it, had a nice little fight with Stein. Well, was. and then we can bring yeah. in the conclusion of that with Sir Isaac Newton coming in. With, with the frying, frying pan? <laughs> oh. oh, my God. And he <laughs> says, like, I always like to see my laws in motion. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> Get away! <laughs> Stop it! Listen and like hit her with an apple or something. That's <laughs> ah, apples! Boom! He dropped an apple and a pillow at the same time, yep. just to see what you want. Or looks or a feather and a bowling ball. So we end the episode where uh, Grodd has not died as we thought he is. So, uh, so explain, that, Frank, do you understand something that maybe I don't have the, the fullest grasp on? So Damien Dark has pulled Gorilla Grodd out from the, the late 60s point in the timeline yes. with an Infinity Stone? What is this? I don't know what that little... That, that he has that with him that is allowed right. to try and travel. The, I didn't really love that he's got the parasol. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't look oh, like yeah, it was yeah. raining. It was no, it didn't. He was just hot. Yeah, but yeah. but He's so like so obviously you can infer whatever this is. There's this magic stone. Perhaps it's another totem yeah, of some kind. It's it's the piece of the stone from Outlander. There That's you go. What it is. No, that works. Like, but I just like yeah. this is a really. Did I miss That'd something? This seems like a really big uh, game changing piece of technology, piece of magic well, to just introduce. Here's the thing, though. It, they don't just introduce it because they also say like, hey, you were gonna get a time travel ship. But here's a magic rock that can time travel you with a thought. Right. So he's kind of telling the audience what it is while also being like, isn't it badass that now we have Grodd on our team right. and we have this and now, oh. Yeah. I it, thought it was actually a good escalation because it was kind of like, oh, man. And I feel like it's something connected with Malice. At least that's, oh, he's got to have sure. yeah. that. No, it's not, that really a, it's not really a gripe of mine as much as I just went, oh, wow, okay, we've got okay, we've got magic time travel and psychic rocks now. Yeah, unless, uh, once they, if they get name-checked, then maybe they'll kind of slide in to a nice little reference from DC Comics. But right. as of right now, just in and of themselves and their action, yeah, I, it's not striking a bell with me. But the fact, that, like, the, right, the fact that, like, Grodd is now part of the, the evil band, I like. That's true. Yeah, I gotta say, like, Dark and Grodd, that's now they're uh, 
pretty badass. Well, this like, is a very heavy uh, magic and and psychic heavy team. Yeah, yeah. It'll yeah. be interesting to see how Constantine kind of. Uh, and of course, out like they're put, if you don't know that Constantine is showing up this season, they're setting it up as in such a perfect fashion for his entrance to be such a wonderful payoff. Like, of course, in a world where you get to play with that particular toy, of course, yeah. Constantine is exactly the person you would need to combat a threat like that. And, and I have that like, toy. In my shelf, you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. and it does seem like the stone could be that could be something Constantine knows about, and he can yeah. probably tell us about when he shows up. Uh, yeah, so I mean that. Uh, other than we know Sarah's alive and well and conscious yeah. at the end of the episode, so she throws everyone her is available for the crossover. And <laughs> yeah. and LVJ gave them a top secret government pie recipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To Lady Bird's pecan pie. Oh, Lady Bird. Yeah. And I do like. The, I, I wish only wish that Sir, Sir Isaac had stuck around for like another like two or three episodes as part of the team, <laughs> just yeah. hanging out doing stuff. Like, come on. Why did the yeah. other ones leave? But I, Sir Isaac was still around. <laughs> yep. Why did he was just hanging out? <laughs> I wish it was Curry. I wish it was Curry and then she could use like her radioactive powers. <laughs> or just seeing like as the episodes go along, somebody else starts coughing a little bit. <coughs> I don't know. Feeling a little. Yeah, I've been brushing my hair. Oh, what's Keeps happening? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, eating the pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the jacks can transmutate their cancer into jelly beans. Yep. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> jelly beans for <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Uh, so, yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yes. Uh, here we go. Uh, we're, this is the end of this episode. But, of course, we got some teases coming up for next week. Okay. The, for uh, next week, it's a big, huge four-part crossover. Yes, uh, the one we've been building to all season. Crisis on Earth X. Finally, get to see Iris and Barry. P- possible? I'm sure they're going to marry by the end of all things because they drag it so. out. Yeah. I really would love it if those crazy kids worked it out. Yes, yeah, you Definitely. know, yeah. I feel like they're almost destined to be with one another. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, Nate Milton brings up a good point. Did Frank become a vegan tonight? Hashtag no beef. Hashtag praise Grod. Uh, no. No. no, not a vegan. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Uh, but you know, uh, you know who aren't vegans, though, guys. And I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> Those are not. Vikings. They're the opposite of vegans. <laughs> yes. Hey, guys, we just got this hot bit of news. <laughs> just <laughs> came in. <laughs> History's critically acclaimed series Vikings will premiere with a two-hour season premiere airing Wednesday, November 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Pacific. And it's season five, Dave. What? Mm-hmm. It's season, season five. five. Look at this. The, the stakes have never been higher. Wow. How does it begin? I'll tell you. Well, With Ivar the Boneless asserting his leadership over the great heathen army while, uh, I almost said, I almost thought this said Lucretia, really? but it did not. It, it's Lagertha. Oh, man. Uh, which, you know, think Close. of a name change. Yeah. <laughs> think of a name, Dave. <laughs> Reigns <laughs> as queen of Kattegat. <laughs> Ivar's murder of his brother Sigurd sets the stage for vicious battles to come as Ragnar's sons plot their next move after avenging their father's death. Bjorn follows his destiny into Mediterranean Sea, and Floki, who is suffering from the loss of his wife Helga, takes to the seas, submitting himself to the will of the gods. The season is full of starting startling alliances and unbelievable betrayals as the Vikings fight to rule the world. 
Damn, that's a show. Don't I'd call like to them see. heroes. Don't call them vegans. Yes. Call them Vikings. Vikings. Also, this is the this is the season they're bringing in Jonathan Reese Myers. Right? Yeah. yeah, right. There's, yeah. A, there's a Tudor's connection there, so it's cool to see him join that. Cast. Yeah, and he was one good Elvis and one good David Bowie. Yeah, that's right. He'll be playing uh, Bishop Hemond this season. Uh, ten episodes mm. of Viking awesomeness coming your way on History. Yeah. So uh, basically, everybody, the whole thrust of the season is who's going to rise. Who will rise? Who will rise? That's right. Who will rise? That's right. Stakes have never been higher. The action's never been better. The drama has never been more intense. Lion will rise. There you go. Because there is only one. And this is from the same creators of Elizabeth and the Tudors. So, you know, Jonathan Reese Myers. There you go. Check it out on history, folks. Check it out. Uh, uh, So, as we're getting ready to wrap up, what are some hopes that you'd love to see out of Crisis on Earth X? Ooh, boy. I think it'd just be nice to see uh, all the... All the like heroes interacting with one another, and especially like talking to the 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 legends because they they're so off on their own weird adventures and doing such weird things. I kind of like that. Okay, wh- what is everyone doing? What is what? Let's see where everyone is, and they're talking about like. Vietnam, and yeah. they're talking about aliens, and yeah. and it's it's it feels like they have uh, much different adventures than the other ones. So. Yeah. yeah, like I really want to see Martian Manhunter more in this crossover. Yes. But I was yeah, I was like, under the impression didn't they say that he wasn't going to be involved all that much? I thought I saw mm, that somewhere. I think so. No, that's a, that is a bummer. But I'd like to hopefully maybe see we get to see Cisco more involved. I, yeah, I love that we see him vibing at one point yes. in one of the trailers. But even the quick trailer we saw at the end of the episode tonight. What I'm hoping for, so I. I really liked the crossover last year with the Dominators, but we had to do quite a bit in that crossover that we're not going to have to worry about this year. We had to introduce Supergirl to everybody. We had to do Arrow's 100th episode right in the middle of the crossover, and even though I enjoyed that episode quite a bit, it did feel it made the entire three-part event feel a little bit disjointed. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping, because we don't have to worry about a lot of those ancillary factors, we've got what, two parts each uh, on two nights so uh, what we could have at the end of those two nights is essentially almost like a two hour 40 minute movie Uh, and I'm hoping for something with with, uh, comparable cohesion to that versus what we got last year yeah and I hope we get more Wells and Cisco Rick and Morty adventures I know this isn't the Flash after show but screw it I mean like this is the time travel show the Legends of Tomorrow why don't they put them on there doing that you know just have them join because that, that Council of Wells episode was very Rick and Morty. But I'd also like to see uh, some of Shot and uh, Cisco. Just the two of them kind of yeah. just uh, geeking out. Also, we're fun. finally getting Wentworth Miller back in the form of Citizen Cold. And I'm not yes. sure this yeah. might be... I read. A, I saw the story that he's apparently exiting all of these shows. Yeah. Yep. So it's is, a bummer. is this the last time we're going to see him? Yeah, it's a, it might just be a big curtain call for him. And I think that might be... I think that's okay. But I also, I love that if this is the last time that we do see him, he finally has the glasses from the comic, too. Like, the glasses and the big parka hood up at the same time. Like, yes, at least let him go out having donned that. I need that. Like, if this is going to be it, I need it. I also think we're going to kind of have a nice little Sarah and him moment. Because I think I we see one of the trailers that he, they're they're flirting with one another mm-hmm. in a, kind of a nice way. So I like to see kind of nod back to that ship that I kind of like. It's it, it is a frustrating thing. Uh, the realities of comic book TV shows as opposed to the comic books that they come from is that you can have you know Captain Cold show up every single issue or any title that you want because it's just a comic book character. It all it takes yeah. is a writer and an artist. But when you have a real actor who has other desires, other you know pressures in his life or things that he wants to pursue. You can't always uh, have that actor as a resource for you. So there'll be times where, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. 
there goes a really cool character that he's created, and we're, the odds are we may not ever see him again. Who knows? Maybe we'll yeah. wander off once in a while. But it's kind of a disappointment when you get to see like a character you really like not really able to continue on a show. Yeah, and we're really looking forward to talking about this. Uh, unfortunately, next Tuesday, because of schedule conflicts, not all of us can make it. But all of us can make it Wednesday mm-hmm. at 10 p.m. That's right, Pacific mm-hmm. Time. Pacific right. Time. It's, it's taking the place of Comic Book Exchange, mm-hmm. which is that also is a great show you should watch, starring most of us, not me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to talk about it Wednesday. And so tune in then, please. And uh, yes, we if you look to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Because if you look for us uh, Tuesday night, uh, unfortunately, you will not find us. So no. we're stay- making this a three-day crossover. That's event. right. Mm. We need another twenty-four hours to really collect our it's thoughts really about this in. awesomeness. And yes. we'll probably talk about the whole crossover in general. Yeah, like because because especially since Legends is the last of the last episode. We'll talk about the whole thing. And we'll be the final judges on yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> so much beef. Yeah. Beef party. Dun, dun, dun. It's a big, it's Korean barbecue is going to be so much beef. That's beef. Frank just hawking beef left to right. He's going to be that? carving it off <laughs> where it's rotating on the spit. He's just going to be like right into his, not even a plate, just right into his mouth. That's just, true. Uh, I've been That's actually these last couple episodes of Legends, I have not had nearly yeah. as much beef. Yeah. It's, been, it's frightening me. I don't true. know what to do. I miss my beef, guys. Uh, but <laughs> I miss my beef. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of The Legends of Tomorrow. But we'll be back, as Dave said, next Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Pacific. Uh, but as always, like us on Facebook. Keep Lex Michael alive. Hello. Keep Dave Child from, you know, just while he's eating that beef around the country. Keep him alive by giving us lots of five stars on iTunes. National beef. There you go. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up. And if you want to continue the conversation with us even after the show's over, Lucretia. Where can they find you? You guys can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. Sometimes I talk about Supergirl here at AfterBuzz TV. My work schedule lately has been insane, but I will be there when I can. I also do a show with Tari J. Miller called Missing Out. He and I grew up differently. He's seen and read and heard some things. I've seen and read and heard some things, but it's not always the same things. So we turn each other onto pieces of media that we feel the other one missed. We talk about it. We share art. We share stories. We've been having guests on the show in October. We had your Lucretia Lyon on and your Dave Child. Boom. We will have Frank on one day, Never, but his. Never, his never. reps play a mean game of hardball. We're going to whittle that that bottom line down over time. We will get the Frank Moran. You can find us uh, on Twitter at Missing Outcast. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. Come check it out. We have a really great time doing it. We hope you guys like it. Mwah. And you can find me at MRDaveChild or DaveChild.com. And please, if you want to watch my new short, uh, Press Start, about a guy that finds out that his life is a video game, including a save and load button on his wrist. You can watch it at DaveChild.com, or it's the pinned top tweet on uh, at MRDaveChild on Twitter. It just won the Audience Award at the Tucson Film Festival. So please watch it, share it, show it to all your family this Thanksgiving. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HappyGoJackie. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Have a great Thanksgiving. Eat all the turkey. Eat it all. Or the tofurkey. Or the, the pumpkin pie. Or, or the cranberry. the beef. The cornbread dressing. Yep. Or Get the plenty of that beef. Eat your beef. beef. <laughs> we'll see you at air next Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Until then, speed off. Swamp off. I love you. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Happy Thanksgiving, Swampy Thanksgiving. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.